Hi, it's Dune here, your host and hype girl. And before we dive into today's episode, I want you to take a hot second to reflect. What's that passion, unique experience, or knowledge you have itching to be shared with the world? For me, it's always been about guiding you and cheerleading incredible women to start your businesses. So what's your thing? You see, everyone's got something they excel at, something they just can't stop talking about. And it turns out that one of the best ways to monetize those passions is through sharing that thing with the world as a digital course product. My life's work has been to chat with more than 600, 7, 8, and 9-figure e-commerce founders. And it's through those conversations that have led me to creating a foolproof playbook and my go-to guide for early-stage founders in the form of my first-ever digital program, e-commerce fundamentals. But it wouldn't have been possible without Thinkific. The beauty of this platform lies in its simplicity. Cute templates and a super easy to use editor. No coding headaches, no tech-induced stress, just pure focus on what matters most, the content. So if you've ever been curious about building a course to teach your passion, this is the way to do it. The genuine support from the Thinkific team turns it from this lonely, confusing headache into the most fulfilling and easy project. Go to the link in my show notes to get a free trial on me. Hey, it's Dune here. I'm recording this quick message to let you know that over the next few weeks, we'll be playing some of our favorite episodes from the past year while I spend some time with my best friends and family back in my other home, London. If you missed these episodes the first time around, they are so good and packed with so much value. I know you're going to love them just as much as I did recording them. See you soon. Bye. This is Baba Riviera for Female Startup Club. Welcome back to today's episode. It's Dune here, your host and hype girl. Before we get into this amazing episode today, I just want to say a huge, big, fat thank you to everyone who's been sharing their Spotify Unwrapped with us. I honestly can't tell you how much joy I got seeing that I was in your top five podcasts or even your number one podcast that you listen to on Spotify. Holy freaking moly. I'm just like bubbling with joy over here, pinching myself that there are people out there who love this show and tune in every week. So thank you. Thank you so much. If you were one of the people who shared that with us today, you are just the absolute best and the reason that this show continues to exist. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But now on to the really good stuff because today's episode is such a good one. We're learning from Baba Riviera, the Latina founder behind Ceremonia. Ceremonia is a clean hair care brand rooted in Baba's heritage and inspired by the rituals she grew up with. And we are talking through all the things from Baba's upbringing in a small, tiny part of Sweden to the big, shiny startup life in New York City and the drive she got from her childhood and heritage to start this brand and have representation in the Latina community for the next generation of founders. And Baba also shares some crazy, crazy stories like how she launched her brand from the NICU I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but the NICU and what can go terribly, terribly wrong if you do not have the right accountant. And trust me, that is not a story to skip over. Everyone needs to hear it. And it's right at the very end of the show. And just one last thing. If you are listening to this on the day this episode airs, it is exactly one week out from our magic launch date. Our tool for founders and future founders enters the world on December 12th, where you can access vetted resources, our video masterclass library, our weekly calls with other founders, our weekly calls with other women from the show, our daily encouragement, and a bunch of other really good stuff. 
So to keep in the know, you can sign up to the waitlist at femalestartupclub.com forward slash waitlist, where I will be keeping everyone posted. All right, that's enough from me. Let's get into this episode. This is Baba for Female Startup Club. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Baba, hi, welcome to the Female Startup Club podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so honored. I'm so excited to be here today. How's your day going? Have you got any wins or any oh shit moments that you can share? Uh, my day is going good. It's uh, It's been stressful. I'm actually just in my, um, in the hopefully final stretches of my uh, fundraising process. Uh, so yeah, it's like things get thrown at me, you know, from left and right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. Well, you're on that journey. <laughs> back to back calls, I'm sure. Thanks for making time. Yeah, of course. No, I'm so excited. Let's get straight into this episode and rewind back to your life before Ceremonia. Where do you like to start your story? Where do you kind of like to kick things off? Well, where to begin? Uh, I guess, honestly, in many ways, this story goes all the way back to like childhood me because in many ways, Ceremonia is sort of like the result of, you know, so many things in my life. And it really starts with, my upbringing. I sometimes introduce myself as a Swedish Latina. Uh, I grew up in Sweden, but both my parents are from Chile. Um, and um, I grew up as, you know, your typical immigrant kid with, you know, two parents who did not speak the language. I had to be their translator a lot. And yeah, I, I just remember having to take a lot of responsibility from an early age. Um, but then on the flip side, um, I also gained so much inspiration from my parents and um, they uh, taught me a lot that has set the foundation for my company today actually um, although back then I would never imagined going in any sort of direction even remotely close to my parents um, but a fun story is actually that my dad was a hairdresser back in Chile um, and when he moved to Sweden he was never able to get a job in the field due to the language barrier so he just ended up practicing it on me uh, and literally we like we grew up very humble like we had barely any furniture at home but 
he had his like little sort of like hairdresser corner and in the living room <laughs> because we had space since we didn't have any other furniture and with a little cart filled with products and every day I would come down in whatever crazy outfit I had put together as like you know an eight-year-old young girl um, and he would do my hair and like match my hair clips to my outfit um, so yeah I, I grew up with this very rich um, relationship to beauty in a way and, and also very sort of like healthy relationship to beauty that pertain more about self-care and self-love and my mom she's like she has no clue how to you know do a makeup or a contour or, or you know or a hairdo for that matter but she's incredibly knowledgeable when it comes to the care aspect of beauty and she you know would do hair masks uh, together with me she taught me to like mix oil with uh, my body lotion because we had really dry skin and you know like all these like hacks that were rooted in this idea of using beauty as a form of self-care um and that's today a huge part of the inspiration behind my brand wow that's so amazing and so intrinsically linked to what you've put out in the world today do you think when you look back at that time you could see yourself being an entrepreneur, did you want to start a business or it wasn't even on your radar? So truth be told, I did not even know what that was. And I like, I did not have any role models. And I don't mean that as in like, oh, I didn't see any like Latina boss woman. Like, no, I did not see anyone have an academic job, period. Um, Because my mom was even struggling to get a cleaning job. And, um, like all the people in our community were either, you know, cleaners or they did dishes at a restaurant or they had like very sort of like blue collar jobs. And so I didn't even know of this world beyond that of like office jobs. Like, what was that? I, and I wasn't introduced to that until I would sit down and talk to my friend's parents. And I was like, always so fascinated by like one of my friends, her mom, she wore like a pencil skirt and like a, a shirt, like a blouse because she came home from work. And I was just like, what does she work with? Like, mm-hmm. you can't clean in those clothes, <laughs> you know? Like, and I was just fascinated. And I started having a great interest in um, this alternative universe, which was, you know, my, my white friends' um, realities. And I actually would spend a lot of time kind of like interviewing their parents and, like they would find me in the kitchen talking to their mom about like her job or interior design and, and whatnot. So I didn't know what entrepreneurship was, but I, I think I knew that I wanted something different than what my parents had. And so I, I, I knew I was very determined to get an education for that reason and, and to do well in school. I think most kids, they have their parents motivate them to, you know, be good in school for me was quite the opposite my mom was worried for me because she felt like I was stressing myself too much with school and she would be like okay after 9 p.m no more books (laughs) you know whereas I feel like usually it's like okay no more screens like no my mom was like no more books like you you, you're working too hard um so I was just very self-motivated from a young age and I think just like had this idea and vision and dream of a different future wow That's so cool. You've definitely created that different future, different life. How do you get from, you know, Sweden, growing up, starting to get this desire to want to change your circumstances to New York, brand owner, entrepreneur, crushing it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's when you sometimes when I think about it, it's actually quite insane to think about. I feel very fulfilled with my life today and I feel extremely privileged to truly be living something that was not even a dream for me growing up. I It was something that I did not even knew was possible. Uh, so it's it's quite a leap from where I come from because not only, you know, am I an immigrant kid, you know, who comes from a humble beginning, I also grew up in a tiny, tiny town in Sweden. So my first step was that, okay, I want more. So I need to move out of this tiny town. Like that was my first realization. 
And my wildest dream was to move to the capital of Sweden. Like, oh my God, can you imagine going from a tiny town to the you know, capital of Sweden? So I moved to Stockholm for school and I started studying there. And I graduated at the top of my class and it felt, you know, like I was ready to conquer the world. And, and I landed an internship at, you know, this very prestigious um, brand uh, that was based in Berlin. So then I moved to Berlin to pursue this internship. Um, and I think those two experiences made me comfortable going out of my comfort zone. Um, because once you have pulled yourself out of your roots once and survived, you know, you can do it again. So yeah, I moved to Berlin and I then moved back to Sweden and I um, embarked on my career for real. And my sort of like, I guess it was my first job after graduating and like after like internship and trainee program. And, and it was Uber. And so Uber at this time was a small startup from San Francisco uh, who were, you know, looking to test the waters internationally. And uh, for some random reason, they had picked Sweden as part of their roadmap. And, and I mean, Sweden has a deregulated taxi market, so that's why, but still, it was so bizarre to me. And they were looking for someone to run the demand side of the business. The way Uber set up new businesses at the time was that they would have an operations person do all the driver, sort of like the supply side. And then they would have a community slash marketing person do the demand side. And so like my job was to push demand. And then this other guy's job was to make sure there were cars on the road. So the two of us get this job and it's kind of insane because I am 22 at the time. Uh, and they did not know that I was 22, by the way. Um, <laughs> but I, I honestly don't even remember how I got the job. I like I sometimes laugh about it because I think honestly I was just the one, the only one that was crazy enough to take the job. To be quite honest, it, it wasn't that I was the most qualified, and that's why they gave it to me. I was the only one naive enough to be like this sounds fun um, because we were not really set up for success and they were opening up the satellite office. There was going to be no one from the U S here. And the first week into the job, they like even they fired the general manager. So suddenly it's like just me and this other guy and we have no <laughs> support, no budget, but the expectation is that we're going to grow the business 20% week over week. Right. And we're like, wow. Cool. <laughs> Cool, we're going to do that. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think I fully grasped what it means to grow 20% week over week. Like people grow that year over year. Like, no, this is week over week. Like talk about exponential growth expectations. But the reality is naivete is like the biggest asset. And I think that's something that when I look at young talent, I, I'm like, oh, you have it. You know, it's like this like can do attitude that is so contagious. And if you believe it, others will too. And and, and it's, it's so crazy how like this world works because we're all just, you know, part of energy in a way. So like, if you believe something so deeply, like you're attracting it, you're act like, if you can think it, it can happen. So we full heartedly believe that all of this was possible. And the reality is, Uber Sweden became the fastest growing market at the time for Uber. So suddenly this tiny little country starts to get a lot of attention at HQ and our VP of operation flies out there and he's like, okay, I need to know what you guys are doing. And I thought he was like going to fire us. I was like, what's going on? Like, why is he here? And then he's like, puts out like pen and paper and he's like, whatever you guys are doing here, we need to write it down. We're doing this everywhere. And I was like, okay, is that a good thing? Wow. <laughs> what were you doing? Like, what were the marketing initiatives? I mean, I think what it was, was that like when Uber launched in San Francisco, the value proposition was pretty clear. It was like, now I can suddenly get from A to B because in San Francisco, it was actually really hard to even get a cab. So Uber was revolutionary just by hygiene factor. Like, oh my God, I can get a transportation. In Sweden, that's not really the case. We had reliable taxis and uh, taxis that were safe 
and the taxi companies even had apps themselves you know sweden is pretty high tech the subway is reliable They're, like people bike everywhere like transportation was not an issue so uber had to provide additional value for it to you know strike through and so my sort of early on initiative was to build a really strong brand around it we were like uber is a choice it's it's a lifestyle it's a better way to get around it's not just about getting from a to b and this was during the time that uber only had the black car service and so we were sort of like really pushing this idea of democratizing the private driver experience like also taxis in sweden are really expensive so kind of at around the same price as a regular taxi you could now get more of a black car experience and we did these photo shoots and we partnered with all the cool nightclubs we did vip parties where like if you strike certain points with uber you would get to skip the line to the hottest club and you know it was like very much like building a brand and hype and kind of like a lifestyle and movement around it Wow, amazing. And I'm guessing this story goes along the line that somewhere in America, they're like, we need Baba. She's coming to work for us. I mean, I was such a dork, to be honest. I, I think like I fitted at Uber so well because I Uber was a dorky company. Like there was a bunch of engineers, like everyone was super data driven. But then at the same time, it was also operating at the heart of pop culture like suddenly like uh, rappers were you know mentioning uber in their songs and it became part of you know like this movement but we were not really equipped for that cool factor internally because most of us were dorks and i think it worked into my advantage that i had a little bit of both like i was sort of like the dork that you know worked really hard i'm a good girl i want to do well but then i also love to have a good time. A lot of my friends were in like, you know, in the hospitality, you know, party, music, artists, creatives, a lot of my friends were in tech. So I naturally, you know, were able to understand many different sort of like communities that were important for Uber. So eventually I embarked on a really exciting journey with Uber where I got to Uh, travel to different markets, host marketing summits, and really bring together new talent that were, you know, newly hired as marketing managers and sort of like relay the playbook. And like, this is how we launched Uber in Sweden. These are like the key learnings. These are things that are very replicable in other markets um, and start to like create more of like a summit and mentorship and playbook environment. And then after two years, uh, I was offered the opportunity to relocate uh, to New York. And this was like, I think for, for some people that would have been like a dream come true. But for me, I didn't even really like New York at the time. I had just like visited twice and I thought it was like, I don't know, too big. I was just stuck in traffic all the time. <laughs> stuck in Ubers. <laughs> I know, like literally stuck in Ubers. Uh, but my husband was in love with New York he was also in the tech industry and he was opening up an office in New York for his business because he had gotten a New York based investor. So I had that as sort of like the incentive for us to why New York. And uh, yeah, I decided to, you know, move over to New York with him and I was working at Uber. He was running his startup and I'm so glad I did. I'm still here and literally someone will have to drag me out of this city because <laughs> I'm obsessed. This is my home. I love it. Um, I have two kids now and I'm still here. Like, you know, everyone always thinks that like, oh, New York is, you know, temporary, like wait until you build a family. But I can't think of a better place to live. And what a magical place to build a family. Gosh, it is so much fun in New York, isn't it? Such good food, such good vibes. The best. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You spend, you know, a couple of years working in these amazing startups. You then go on to create your own marketing agency and kind of flourish from there. And then you start to launch Ceremonia. Talk to me about deciding to start the beauty brand. What gave you that inspiration to like switch gears? Yeah. So talk about switching gears. I, you know, my experience at Uber had nothing to do with beauty and it was all about an app and software, whereas, you know, beauty is about physical products. But I think for me, there were sort of like two driving forces. So on one hand, I started to pick up an interest in beauty from a, from a marketing standpoint, because I was running a brand marketing agency and many of our clients were in beauty. We were advising brands such as Glossier, for instance, um, who were, you know, kind of like pioneers in like this new era of beauty brands um, and um, we had um, a hair brand we had a skincare brand and whatnot and it was during this time that I started to do a lot of research within the beauty sector and I realized that the future of beauty is clean I think that was like the first like aha moment for me to the point where the future of beauty is clean period so being a clean brand is not even like a unique selling point that's going to be table stakes. So is sustainability. And then the third leg into sort of like the future of beauty is inclusivity. It was very clear to me how the customers were demanding greater representation and the brands were falling really short uh, in delivering that. So Knowing that the future of beauty was clean, sustainable, and inclusive, it was interesting to me to see how most brands in the market were none of those things. And then when I started to break down what that means in the different categories within beauty, hair was the one category that really, you know, sparked my inspiration because it became very clear to me how a lot was happening in the beauty sector and a lot of new brands were popping up. It was kind of a very crowded space. But most of the innovation was happening in the skincare category and even in, in makeup to some degree at this point, but very little was happening in the hair category. So hair, for some reason, was this like dusty, you know, forgotten about category within beauty that was very dominated by a styling first approach. And it's interesting when you think about it, because most people's hair routine has only to do with styling, which is the equivalent of putting makeup on your hair. 
and that's totally fine. Like I put on makeup sometimes, you know, and like I want to enhance, you know, my look for the day, but my foundation is not going to reduce my breakouts on my face. Right. So my hairspray is naturally also not going to rebuild my hair. And when you started to scratch the surface on the hair category, it became very clear that the industry was dominated by a celebrity obsession, celebrity hairstylist brands, and a styling first approach that was very toxic, not only from a beauty standard perspective, but also from an ingredient standpoint. And then when you look at the skincare aisle, so much was happening. We were seeing more uh, diversity. We were seeing natural ingredient powered formulas. We were seeing brands that were sustainable and free of a long list of toxins. And I was like, what about that for hair? Like, where is the skincareification of hair care? And it got me running on this, you know, deep research uh, and quest for a hair wellness approach. Basically, flipping the script of hair care and bringing a wellness approach to the hair aisle. And I felt particularly motivated to do so when I found the next part of my research, which became my other driving force. And that was this mission to illuminate the next generation of Latinx. So as a Latina woman, I never saw myself represented. Um, I was going to say in the media, but honestly, period. Like I just never saw myself represented in any success stories. I never opened a magazine and saw a Latina woman building a big business. I never saw a campaign with people with natural hair like this that was just like, you know, big, frizzy, not curly, not straight, you know, the big in between. Um, I was born during an era of straight, pink, straight hair. It had to be straight and shiny and blonde. So I embarked on what I today refer to as a beauty prison. I started straightening my hair. I started coloring my hair. And essentially, I just embarked on this journey of damage. I was just damaging my hair over and over again. And more importantly, I lost touch with my heritage. Because in an effort to assimilate and fit in, I started to subconsciously shave off part of my Latinidad. And little by little, I started feeling less and less proud of my heritage. And now as a young adult, I was looking back at this sort of like realization. And I started to ask myself, why would it have been like for me if I would have seen people from my culture winning? Like, why would it have been different for me if I would have seen myself represented, if I would have seen other people with my kind of background doing awesome things and being highlighted in a beautiful and celebratory way? So when I then looked at the data for the Hispanic demographic in the U.S., it really fueled my fire because we account for the biggest minority in the United States. We're already 20% of the population. We're the fastest growing demographic. We're growing seven times faster than any other demographic. And more importantly, we're obsessed with beauty. And I mm -hmm. can testify to that as someone <laughs> who grew up, you know, with all these beauty rituals at home. And we're seeing it in the spending power too. And I think historically there has been this limiting belief that Hispanics don't have the spending power, that they're this, you know, immigrant community that can't afford anything, that they don't speak the language, that they have sort of like weird shopping behaviors or whatever. But nothing could be more outdated than that belief. Because the reality is that 65% of the U.S. population today, 65% of the Hispanic population today are people that were born in the U.S. So the majority of the Hispanics in the United States are actually born and raised here. They're equals. Like we are no different than our white counterparts and we're vastly different from our parents' generation. So the time is now to bring something to market that really authentically represents uh, the richness of our culture, 
And I also think it's way overdue because so many of the sacred beauty rituals that are proven and, and so many of the powerful natural ingredients stems from our culture and our region, and we just haven't owned it. So ceremony is the answer to all of this, you know, to all of these voids uh, from a beauty market standpoint, from a personal mission standpoint. And the answer is a clean hair care brand that is very proudly rooted in my Latin heritage and that is offering a hair wellness approach through modern day rituals that are powered by natural ingredients from Latin America. Gosh, amazing. And now there will be new generations of women looking in the media and seeing themselves represented by people like you who are, you know, forging their own pathways. I read that you were one of a really small number, like 58 Latina women to have ever raised your first million dollars in capital. And money's a big part of what we love to talk about on the show. It's very important, especially as women, especially as Latina women. What was your approach to the funding piece? Why did you decide to raise and not bootstrap? And how did you kind of get started on that journey? Yeah, I love that you bring this up because something that actually most people don't know is that in all these equality conversations about like women make, you know, whatever cent on the dollar to men, the percentage of the dollar just goes down and down based if you're a woman and then if you're a woman of color, etc. Latinas are at the bottom of that bucket. We actually make even less than black women per dollar. And not that it's a competition between, you know, race or, you know, different type, but just to put it in perspective. And I think what's interesting when you think about that is that Latina women are constantly overlooked. Not only are we not even really part of diversity conversations, we're also at the far like end of the spectrum when it comes to earnings. So truth be told, that's why it was so important for me to fundraise. There are many ways to build a business. And I'm not saying that the fundraising experience is, you know, easy or fun or, you know, for everyone. Um, But I knew that it was the right one for me and for my business because I want to build a category defining business. I'm really here to disrupt the hair care category. This is not my pet project. This is not a cute family run business that's going to grow 5% year over year. Like we're, quadrupling the business every year on that 20% week over week (laughs) (laughs) like actually Uh, so in order to do that successfully I needed funding to accelerate and I also felt like it was important I felt like it was important to create a benchmark in the industry and hopefully we become one of those success stories and we can then be the benchmark for future founders to come and be like, oh, we're the ceremonia for X because benchmarking is incredibly important. And I say this, I don't say this often enough, but I'm so grateful to some of the other trailblazing women that paved the way for me. Um, I might be the first Latina to, you know, be walking this trail, but there are other women who walk this trail before me that is even making it possible for me to be the first Latina. So it's like... Yeah, it's very personal and very um, mission-driven for me. I love that. I want to jump into the marketing side of things and your launch. You know, you come from this marketing background. You've got so many ideas. You've got so much experience. You go out, you start this brand, you raise capital. How did the launch go? Like, what were you doing? What were those grassroots kind of initiatives in the early days to get the word out there? Yeah, so... A lot of people obsess a lot over their launch and it's like they are really like, oh, the launch has to be, you know, this big thing and whatever. I think I was coming at it a little differently because at Uber, we never had this like one launch day and then that had to be like the record day of the year or anything like that. We were more in the business of things are better done than perfect and get something out the door quickly so you can start getting feedback and iterate. So we actually launched with one single SKU, 
we launched before we even had a full routine. And that was very intentionally so because we wanted to get the brand out the door sooner rather than later so that we could start acquiring customers and learn from them and get their feedback in what where we should go next. So I'm a big believer in like launch and iterate versus like sitting behind closed doors, you know, spending all your capital on this, you know, imaginary launch day that truthfully no one cares about. Like on launch day, you're the only one who's sitting there like on needles. Like (laughs) it takes (laughs) time to build a brand is the reality. So like just because you hit go live doesn't mean that people are going to run across the internet to find you and you need to earn that and it takes time so we launched in the height of the pandemic it was far from ideal we couldn't do a launch party we couldn't do a press event we couldn't do desk sites we you know couldn't even do focus groups like it was just like suddenly we were left with whatsapp and instagram as our tools (laughs) (laughs) um and um But we did what we could with what we had. And I'm really grateful that we weren't sitting around waiting for better times uh, because in these past two years, we've now built a really big and successful business when some people have been on somewhat of like like a standby. So I don't know what I'm making of that more than like, don't overthink it and like just get started somewhere and one foot like in front of the other. I don't know. That's a saying in, in Spanish. <laughs> and uh, yeah, for us, the early wins were really to learn from our customers and our community, um, get something out there and start getting feedback. Get that feedback loop going. <laughs> yeah. So, and we still work that way. So in the early days, it was just very DIY. We had a WhatsApp group where I just literally like found people who were, uh, you know, our target demographic. And I had them try early samples and record themselves to give us their verdict. And then we ended up loving the footage. And I asked if we could use it for launch because we didn't even have any photo shoot materials because it was COVID and literally everyone was in lockdown. And these early community members just became such like vital parts of the brand and they were like my emotional support and they also in turn felt like we were really creating something that they wanted and needed um and today that has grown and become a fully fleshed uh, community uh, strategy for the business I love that and it kind of goes back to that you know done is better than perfect like just it can be scrappy it can be DIY it doesn't need to be some big fancy you know software that you're collating and and which it probably is now but it's just getting started and just pull in those voices and listen however possible what's shifting the needle for you now in marketing like how have you evolved over the years since covid and since the whole <laughs> pandemic thing that we're still kind of on the back of how has your marketing evolved yeah so I think it's constantly evolving and 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 that's I think the beauty and the challenge with being a growing business is that nothing is constant and the only constant is change but we have tried to like hold on to the parts that you know made us successful in the first place which is our like product development strategy, our community. But then as we grow, we have put a stronger emphasis on um, brand building uh, and really to like make it more clear where in the market we belong. And it's like starting to say no to things. Um, For instance, everyone asks us like, oh, would you partner with a hair salon? And like, why are you not in hair salons, et cetera. And that's a great example of a strategic decision to say no because we don't belong next to all the toxic styling products and people go to the hairdresser to color their hair and they usually get a blowout and like straightening and a lot of the hairdressers were schooled in the old school era of using silicones to give the illusion of shine on your hair and like they use products built with a lot of ingredients that we ban so we actually don't belong there. We would belong much better in a spa, actually. Uh, so it's really constantly thinking about 
what is the brand and what is not the brand and then living by that truth uh, through all of your decisions. And then more practically, we are now starting to scale up the things that we have seen work. So for instance, influencer marketing actually works really well for Ceremonia. We see that um, like content is key uh, for us and we like the duality of being this recognizable relatable brand with you know like real girls but then at the same time being aspirational and sort of like polished it's like that duality that is interesting and and gives the brand depth so we try to keep a balance between some more polished high-end campaign shoots um, that are you know more glossy and in studio and then mixing that with iPhone footage and, and ideally mixing these two together. I love that. Gosh, iPhones, the quality of iPhone content these days is like so good. So good. I feel like it should be part of everyone's strategy. I mean, as it is, we're all on Reels, we're all on TikTok, but having that kind of brought to a website is very cool. I agree. And I think that um, nothing, like I hate nothing more than amateur photography trying to look polished then it's so much better to just own that it is DIY. Like the customers love the realness. Uh, So like even when I do tutorials and stuff, like I literally like I'm without makeup. I put the phone in my bath. I don't even have a tripod. Like it's just like very like authentic. And we see that that's really what resonates because people see themselves. Mm. Yes, I love that. People see themselves and people need to see themselves Yeah, in social media, in brands, on shelves. And you believe it when it's it feels, you know, perfectly unperfect, you know? Absolutely. When you think about the lessons you've learned in starting this beauty business, is there anything that you wish you knew before you got started that you can share with our listeners? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> pick a department. We, we've learned so much. On the supply chain side of things, I could go on and on, but it gets very granular and like very, you know, specific to my type of business. But um, honestly, and, and here is actually one thing to know about me is that I don't really live a life in regrets. I'm really grateful for all experiences, even the hardest ones, because usually those are the ones that allow you to grow the most. So sometimes it's hard for me to look back and think about like, oh, what is like the biggest like mistake we made or like one decision I could undo. Like I wouldn't change anything. It's all part of the journey. Absolutely. All leads you here to today. You mentioned at the start of this episode that you're going through a raise at the moment. Is there anything you want to shout about? Anything you want to kind of end on before we get into the six quick questions? Yeah, I mean, I can just give a little like a gratitude moment for where we are. And this is truly thanks to our community. As I said, we launched two years ago with one single SKU. And today we have a full assortment of 15 products and they're all made fully in-house. We have our own uh, chemist, our own R&D lab, which allows us to create products from scratch on our terms without compromise. And more importantly, it allows us to co-create with our community because we can, in our own kitchen, get 300 samples if we want to and send out to our community. Whereas usually when you're working with a traditional contract manufacturer, they will send you three tiny samples and then they're like, okay, so did you like the formula? Like (laughs) based on these three tiny samples, like, and we're going to produce 20,000 of them. That's insane. But that's usually how it works. And so I feel really proud how we have really flipped the script for how um, beauty is done um, by bringing much needed representation, not only in front of the camera, but also around the table. And the market is noticing we're getting so much uh, momentum through PR and, you know, awards. We've won over 10 awards for our formulas, which is so incredible. Um, we launched with Sephora this year, which was a true pinch me moment. Um, and we're expanding with them next year, which is really exciting. So more to come there. Yeah. I, I feel like it's like, this 
first two years was all about establishing our brand, improving our product market fit. And now we're in this high growth acceleration point. So exciting. So exciting. Love that for you. Hey, it's June here. Thanks for listening to this amazing episode of the Female Startup Club podcast. If you're a fan of the show and want even more of the good stuff, I'd recommend checking out femalestartupclub.com where you can subscribe to our free newsletter. We send it out weekly covering female founder business news, insights and learnings in D2C, and interesting business resources. And if you're a founder building an e-commerce brand, you can join our private network of entrepreneurs called Hype Club at femalestartupclub.com forward slash Hype Club. We have guests from the show joining us for intimate Ask Me Anythings, expert workshops, and a group of totally amazing, like-minded women building the future of D2C brands. As always, please do subscribe, rate and review the show, and post your favorite episodes to Instagram stories. I am beyond grateful when you do that. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's June here. Thanks for listening to this amazing episode of the Female Startup Club podcast. If you're a fan of the show and want even more of the good stuff, I'd recommend checking out femalestartupclub.com where you can subscribe to our free newsletter. We send it out weekly covering female founder business news, insights and learnings in D2C, and interesting business resources. And if you're a founder building an e-commerce brand, you can join our private network of entrepreneurs called Hype Club at femalestartupclub.com forward slash Hype Club. We have guests from the show joining us for intimate Ask Me Anythings, expert workshops, and a group of totally amazing, like-minded women building the future of D2C brands. As always, please do subscribe, rate and review the show and post your favorite episodes to Instagram stories. I am beyond grateful when you do that.